Welcome to the Church and COVID podcast. Our host, Nathan Amadio, will be discussing with Sam Barlow High School seniors and local church leaders how Christians and the church should respond to the COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome back to the last episode of the Church and COVID podcast. Today I'm here again with all four of all three of my co-hosts, and we're just gonna have a really laid back conversation, kind of going over what we've learned through this whole process, and then just going over our final thoughts about um, the church's responsibilities and basically everything at once. Um, so to start off, I'm just gonna start off with what I've done in this whole process. Uh, my part in the project, as you guys all know, is being the host of the podcast. But what that really looked like was setting up dates and organizing things with all of our guests, as well as writing a script and putting that together and printing that out for everyone and coming up with these questions that we're going to ask. Um, and then also I had a small role in the editing and putting together the um, intros and outros and just kind of a little bit of stuff. Also, the podcast page on the website, I worked on that as well. Uh, Caleb, tell us a little bit about what you've done. Yeah, so uh, basically I worked uh, around with uh, a little bit of everybody. I worked with Isabel and Sierra and, and Nathan, just um, reaching my hands into little bits of every part. So whether that was research or web page design or um, producing the music with Nathan for the uh, intros and outros or recording the podcast, uh, just had just uh, did little little bits of everything, so... Yeah, not not a whole lot. What about you, Sierra? Um, so I did the information page. I wrote that out, and then I did kind of the overall web design. You know, making sure everything looked nice and pleasing to the eye. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also I'm the voice of yeah, the, the famous intro voice. and the <laughs> outro of yes. our podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I had a big part in doing a lot of the research for the informational sections of the website, mostly the resource page. Um, I learned a lot about um, a lot of different organizations that I hadn't heard of before that are really just great resources for anyone during this time. And then I also got to be in one of the podcasts with Greg Cahalan. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of just everything that we've done together in this group. It's been super fun. I've enjoyed all of it. Um, but kind of we wanted to make sure we ended all of it with more of an answer and kind of some direction on what we learned from all of this and where we've come to. So there was a lot of questions that we kind of asked everyone, um, all of our guests. And so we're going to kind of just discuss how we feel like their answers were and then what our final thoughts are to kind of come to a conclusion and kind of end this whole thing out. Um, so just kind of starting off with probably the first question I want to ask is just ways that the church and then individuals can be helping the community. What are your guys' thoughts on on that from what we've learned through the research and then the um the podcast that we've listened to and yeah, well uh, i'll start um by saying i think um the best thing that we've seen the church do is come alongside uh organizations or different groups um and families and just support people um really close and personal um, whether that's delivering groceries or making phone calls or you know working on their live services or figuring out ways, yeah. especially as the church opens up to, um, really empower the, the smaller leaders, um, and maybe even dividing their, their church into to smaller sections so that they can still have their Sunday services. So, um, I think that's been pretty cool to see. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Have you guys witnessed anything else? 
Yeah, something that um, Greg was talking about when we met with him was just responding um, in love. And I feel like that can look a lot of different ways depending on um, who we're interacting with. But um, this whole thing, a lot of people have different needs, whether it's like actual physical, they need food and they can't go get it, or just they're struggling um, more emotionally with this whole thing than other people are. And people don't all have the same needs because we're all individuals. And I think we're sent to love people in the ways that they need that specifically. Yeah, uh-huh. I think the church churches in our area especially have been doing a really great job. Um, we can all find churches throughout the country that are, are not um, living up to the standard that they probably should. But I think basically we talked to the main churches in our local area, and I'm really happy and proud of the way that everyone's been responding um, and dealing with all of this. Are there any things that you guys have thought of or specific ways um, that we could give advice to some of the churches that are around here and then maybe other people that are listening to this that like you think with your personal experience could help the people in our community um, with reaching out? Any thoughts on that? Um, I know that Good Shepherd community church, the church that me and Isabel specifically go to, um, they teamed with, I'm not sure exactly what organization it was, but they teamed yeah. with an organization that you can donate or just, like, you can donate, like, uh, toys or yeah. uh, medicine or toothbrushes, toothpaste, all, uh-huh. like, things that people are in need of that... Yeah. Maybe in this time don't have enough money to get. Uh-huh. Uh, and they, Good Shepherd, I, I watched a video they posted on their Facebook. And they did like a huge truck full of things. Mm-hmm. And so uh-huh. that's just like a simple way so that awesome. people can donate things. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, something that uh, you might have listened to in the episode that I filmed with my, or recorded with my dad. Um, was little things that we've done as a family, even uh, as giving gift baskets or Caleb actually here, he um, drove and delivered like 20 coffees to just um, different people. Yes, just yeah, little acts of, <laughs> acts of kindness like that, I know go a long way. Mm-hmm. And then when everyone in the church is participating, we can reach our whole community with, even if it's a smaller church like Hollyview or one like that, where there's only a hundred or so people in the body, they can still, if everyone goes out and impacts a couple people just with something nice, that can be, that can make a huge difference. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, kind of specific again with the, this whole virus. Do you guys have any things that you've seen that have like been difficulties for the church or how the virus has affected the church negatively that you guys have seen? Um, I have noticed that it definitely causes anxiety like throughout the congregation because now more than ever, people are having questions with what uh, the leaders in the church are planning for the future and... They're trying to get all the answers, and uh, so I I feel like it definitely causes overall anxiety. Oh, yeah. uh, With, like, yeah. Uh Yeah, for sure. And I think it's it's hard because it it always changes all the time. Um, But so just the the churches that are uh, able to adapt most easily, I Mm -hmm. think, uh, is it's it ends up being a lot better for their members. Um, but also because of the time that we're at and we have so much technology, um, it has uh, provided some new opportunities that you didn't exactly have before. So, you mm-hmm. know, you can like attend uh, like different churches mm-hmm. uh, in the same day. So, I mean, yeah. you could fill your Sunday yeah. or like some churches are doing Wednesday services or like mm-hmm. you, you have a lot more opportunities um, which I mean, it definitely. I think it was a. It's still a hard transition um, to go f- 
from you know being in online uh, every single day and you're just staring at a screen because mm-hmm. that yeah. that's not the community that you want to be a part of necessarily. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I know it's really nice because since we have technology, it's so easy to watch the live services. But also, I know of churches that are more traditional and don't really understand how yeah to do like uh-huh. live things are mm-hmm. definitely uh having a hard time yeah through this time and that's that's uh most of the reason why some of those churches are like specifically protesting because uh-huh. they they can't yeah. yeah and because for us i think all of our churches do yeah. live and so mm-hmm. it's yeah. easy but for those and also like older people uh-huh. that They're don't understand yeah sure. that don't understand technology as mm-hmm. well it's so hard and they can't really have their youthful grandchildren or yeah. like children come and help them mm-hmm. uh-huh. so. yeah and that's something that we talked about with Joel about just the struggle of technology mm-hmm. you know it's good and bad um and even like for the smaller church of Hollyview um it was pretty difficult and it it still is a constant battle to have uh, to use the resources that they have uh, mm. of a small church. Yeah. Um, and like you're saying, Sierra, you can't go to the, these elderly people's houses mm. and, and help them set up. Mm. Um, so it, it can be a really challenge. It can mm. be really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. And even for the generation, like teenagers, like our generation is so tech savvy and we're used to it. Like it should be so easy for us, but like with all of us having online school, like that's seven a week just in classes and mm-hmm. then you're trying to add bible studies add youth groups add things to like get involved as a community but like for some people i know specifically like that just wipes them out like it doesn't even mm-hmm. feel like church anymore because it's the same platform as yeah. school and i feel like that's been really hard for people uh-huh mm-hmm. yeah i think that the technology as a whole is just is really dangerous for the church um in so many different ways mm-hmm. um but kind of going what well, you're talking a little bit sarah about protests and church churches dealing with that um, what are you guys' thoughts on, this is a question we asked all of our guests, um, it's actually not even on our script, but talking about, um, the line of oppression, like, mm-hmm. do we think as a group, do we think that, um, the church is being oppressed with, um, the regulations that are on it right now? Personally, I would say, uh, I, I, I don't think that the church is being oppressed currently because, um, it is not a, you know, this whole ban on gathering is is countrywide and across different countries as well. Um, but gathering is just not something that is regular or normal um, just to keep each other healthy. And as out of respect for other people, we're doing this as a safety precaution. So it's not yeah. it's not focused on the church or, or any religious mm-hmm. part uh, specifically. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't want to speak for everyone here, but I feel comfortable saying that um, that kind of as a Church and COVID podcast website and everything that the our kind of statement on this, I think, is really similar to what Caleb was saying, is that we do not believe that the church is being oppressed. Mm-hmm. And we want to make that clear. And we want to say that um, passages like Romans 13 are, are, are true. And then the speaking about um, us honoring our governing authorities mm-hmm. and all of that we believe is really strong and important. And we do not believe it's been a faith oppression. We do not believe that it's been strictly for the church. Mm. It is it is like Caleb was saying, it's for everyone. And then we, I brought up in our podcast, the passage Acts 5, where Peter is mm. telling people to not obey the governing authorities at the time. And where we digress from that is that 
that was where they were asking them to sin and go against the will of God. And we are saying that we believe that that is not what's happening now. And if that was to come to pass where they were saying churches individually cannot meet, churches individually don't have the the rights to be doing all of this, then that's when we need to come back together mm-hmm. and have a discussion. And that doesn't mean rioting. That doesn't mean having underground churches. We still are called to follow the law, but that can look like having conversations um, with different mm-hmm. people and authorities and being like, hey, we respect you. We want to follow you, but our faith does not let us do this. And at that point, they're violating our First Amendment rights. So that is just something that we don't foresee happening. Um, but I just wanted to really clarify that we do not feel like the church is being oppressed and we are not um, um, thinking that it's okay to have these underground uh, services that are protesting against the government. Um, mm-hmm. And I just wanted to make that clear. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, what another question we have been asking is what do we think the importance of meeting in person again? Um, kind of what are your thoughts on that one? Um, I'd say just as soon as our authorities are allowing us, I'd say we should be taking every measure we can to be gathering in creative ways where um, our body can be safe. Uh, Good Shepherd specifically, um, in their mission statement, they they say that we're a creative body, um, learning together to live like Christ. So I think that creativity is a gift that God's given us, and I think any way that we can utilize that to meet again quickly, um, I think that's right, and I think that's faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. and also, like, God created us to not be alone. Exactly. Like it says in yep. Genesis, that's why he made... Eve uh-huh. um, and so we're not made to be stuck in the house 24 7 um, so we need to meet we we need encouragement from our friends especially like during these times and especially for us seniors we all yeah. like we all need our community and uh-huh. we're all in this together you know yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And, and what Greg and Jonathan and I think everyone actually was talking about is how biblical, like you were saying, it mm-hmm. is to be meeting in person and mm-hmm. how community is so important. And that's, I think, in my opinion, one of the worst, if not the worst part of this virus, besides obviously the harm yeah. that's mm-hmm. causing is it's pushing community away. Exactly. And the one thing that is going to be good and helpful and help us get through this is the one thing that we're not allowed to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's been so tragic. And even for non-Christians, like they realize they need community. It's mm-hmm. what they want. They don't necessarily believe that as a religious responsibility, mm-hmm. but they realize as humans, that's what we were created. It to be and so as a church um i want to make it clear that we think that it is important to meet again mm-hmm. but again like we were saying last time through following the law mm-hmm. and exactly what isabel was saying there's so many creative ways with small groups bible mm-hmm. studies starting to meet cornerstone actually just released that they're going to be starting to suggest you know, home churches so mm-hmm. people are going to be starting meeting at, at their own homes and having people over and you can rotate homes and not having 25, more than 25 people and not having interactions, not going to be sharing food or anything, mm-hmm. but they're going to be doing their own worship sessions with musical people that are in the homes and just trying to figure out ways where they can be together. Because the Bible says where two or three people meet in my name, I am there with them. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't need to be a 250 person congregation at Good Shepherd. It can be yeah. a five person like right here in this room could be called the church. I think it was Greg or Jonathan or Joel or somebody said something like that. Like, technically, us being right here is the church. Yeah, and And Jonathan talked about uh, how in Sisters, they've already started those, those, like, at-home church services where they're they're really empowering uh, the the church as a whole and not keeping keeping them oppressed where they have one leader who knows knows it all, um, but they have the ability to um, create this servant leadership and bring everybody up together. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh. 
and in that sense, this is a gift because we're able to adapt and learn and, and grow in ways that we wouldn't if we were forced to do this. So I think that's a great way to look at it. Jonathan had some really good things to say. You should definitely listen to that episode. Even though it's long, it's really great. <laughs> um, so going on another question, I really like this question. Um, do we think that COVID is sent from God? What are you guys' thoughts on that? Well, <laughs> actually, <laughs> um, everything technically is in God's plan. Mm. But personally, I don't think it's his judgment on the world. Mm-hmm. I think technically it could be. We don't know for a fact. Yeah, I agree. Yep. But there's there's not really enough uh-huh evidence <laughs> that it's specifically God sending it and being like, now is the time to repent. Yeah. Because that's every day. You can yeah. do it anytime. So uh-huh. yeah. 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 And Greg brought up a really nice passage, the passage in Luke talking about um the towers falling on these people and the apostles are asking like are those people more sinful? Is that why that happened? Mm-hmm. And so we want to say that we don't think that like the higher um places where there's more corona. We don't think those are more sinful places. Yeah, not We're not saying that. We're not saying, and like Sierra was saying, this obviously is in God's control, mm. but that doesn't mean that it's like the flood or it's like Sodom and Gomorrah mm. where we're being so sinful that God is trying to eradicate us. Mm. Um, I was talking to my dad and I believe personally that um, that when Jesus came, he when he was on the cross, he bore God's judgment for our sins. Mm-hmm. And so f- from that point on, this is something Matt Grubb said that was really cool, is he said that like, from that point on, our sins were being judged by Jesus. And that act mm-hmm. that he did on the cross was he took that judgment from us. And so from then on out, we're not having those plagues. And God wants us to be reaching out and spreading the community of faith. And he wouldn't want to be eradicating these people that he wants to be in his kingdom. Because God mm-hmm. is waiting to come for his kingdom to be more full. He mm-hmm. wants more and more people. So what? Why would he be killing those people that he wants to be in his kingdom? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be judging them when he's trying to get us as believers to go out and bring them to him. Mm-hmm. So I personally, and I think I can say for us that our statement as the COVID and Church and COVID podcast is that we do not think this is a condemnation or a judgment from God in the mm-hmm. sense of our sins are causing this, but that he is in control and that we are sinful. And this could be a wake up call just in the sense of like, we need to be reaching out because people die. And like, yeah. we don't realize that sometimes that people do die and there are things that happen like this where there's thousands and thousands of death and there's probably thousands and thousands of non-christians that have died that we didn't have the opportunity or we didn't take the opportunity Mm -hmm. to spread the good news with um so instead of thinking of it as we're frustrated with god and we're thinking that we did something wrong and we're feeling guilty take this opportunity to open your eyes and realize that there are people every day and especially in a time like this that are going to be dying and we have the opportunity to save them mm-hmm. and so really try to look at it in that light and not thinking about what we did wrong but start thinking about what we can do right yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of going on from that what mindset do we think um the church and individuals should be having in this whole thing it's kind of a question we asked other people and it's pretty it's a pretty broad question mm-hmm. but what are your guys thoughts on that i'd say just taking a look at the suffering that this is causing um it's ever in the Bible that suffering produces steadfastness and good character. And, like, God uses any sort of suffering, any degree, whether it's personal or the whole world in a pandemic. Like, we can be growing through the suffering. Like, God is using everything, whether he sent it or he hasn't. Like, he still has domain over it. And he can use it 
Um, and this is just really a time where we can turn to him in everything, no matter what we're feeling. Um, Cause we're really not going to have strength to be doing what we should be doing unless we're going to him with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, one thing that we were talking about also is the level of fear. And so when we were talking with Greg about where fear and love kind of can look really similar, do you guys have any thoughts on that? I guess for the people that have listened to that. Yeah, I definitely think um, Greg made it very specific that, um, <laughs> sorry, uh, <laughs> that when uh, we we approach things with two different mindsets and we can approach it with a fearful mindset or uh, a mindset towards uh, loving one another. And he brought up uh, an example of, of an elderly uh, person who had fallen in Fred Meyer and um, which act was more more loving, um, whether to help them up uh, knowing that you had corona or uh, letting them stay down and struggle while uh, and, and you stood by and you, as you watched. So I think um, that no matter what is going to come in the, the situations that will come towards you, um, as long as you know that you are acting in the way that Jesus would act and you're um, trying to reflect uh, the same love and the same um, stuff that he was preaching, I guess. But yeah. um, then you know that um, you're doing the right thing, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. And what Jonathan was talking about really stuck with me um, when, like, there are missionaries every day that are going out and risking their lives in Afghanistan mm-hmm. and China. Jonathan himself was went under the Iron Curtain and stuff and was going to these places that you weren't supposed to go to mm-hmm. and, like, spreading the gospel. And so he obviously and these missionaries weren't living in fear. Mm-hmm. They were going out and loving. And so what does that look like for us now? Um, it can be really difficult, but, like, we should not be afraid of what happens to us. We should not be afraid of getting the coronavirus and dying. Mm-hmm. If that is our fear and that's prohibiting us from spreading God's love and going out in our community, that is where we're wrong. And that's where our mindset mm-hmm. is wrong. Mm-hmm. But if it's, I'm going to think of creative ways to do this because I love these people in my community and I don't want to give them the virus, mm-hmm. then that's where similar actions are two totally different things because of the reason that you're doing them. Mm -hmm. So wearing a mask can be out of fear for yourself or can be out of love for the elderly people in the grocery store. And so that's just a tiny example of how you really should be living in this whole thing Mm -hmm. is like you can be afraid to have any interaction and sit in your room and do nothing and be totally safe and you can call yourself a saint for not getting anyone sick but you're, you're really just being fearful of yourself. And God tells us a thousand times again not to be fearful of us dying. This is just our worldly body and what is best is to come. And so if we're living that way, I believe that would be the wrong mindset. Mm-hmm. But again, similar actions can be called love if they're really done um, lovingly and in the respect of the people around you. Mm-hmm. But also, if you are truly loving them, those people around you, you're going to be able to come up with creative ways around those things. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm coming and wearing a mask and having a conversation six feet away from someone and like doing something really nice and like Caleb bringing coffee like there was nothing wrong with that that Mm -hmm. wasn't fearful that was loving and there's all of these examples that we can go through and I really think that it's important to think about that when we're living our lives and not being afraid and I think love takes courage too because you can stay and you can you can you know tell yourself that I'm staying home because I'm I'm doing this to love others but um, you know, when, when you have the mindset of wanting to love and change lives and, you know, really pursue people with the gospel, you, 
it, that takes courage because mm-hmm. you can't you can't always sit back and 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 love people with the gospel while you're while you're not act actively living out um, that that yeah. faith. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, and that that takes understanding the truth that at this point our lives aren't our own. Like we've accepted Christ, there it's not about us at all anymore. Mm-hmm. So whether it takes it makes us really uncomfortable to be courageous and go try to love someone, like it's not about us being uncomfortable or being scared. Like it's about Jesus, no matter mm-hmm. what we're doing. It's not about us. So we just yeah. have to really focus on that. That can be hard. Yeah, <laughs> really hard. Easier but... said than done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the final question. Um, kind of what this whole thing has been about and it, we talked about it this whole thing because all of these questions and topics are revolving around this but ultimately what can we say as a group and uh, for this project what we are saying as our statement for how the church should be responding in the COVID crisis that's what started all this and I think we need to come to a claim or a decision or just advice on that what are you guys thoughts I think Greg put it well when he said love, <laughs> to yep. love others. The greatest commandment. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Yeah, for sure. Matthew 23. Yeah. Well, um, for a final statement, something that I think my dad might have said in the podcast, but uh, he might have just been talking to me. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> he brought up Paul, and Paul lived a lot of his later life in prison, and I loved what he had to say. My dad had to say, um, if you think of someone stuck in prison, what are they going to be doing? They're hopeless. They're there. They can't do anything. How can they interact with people around them? How can they reach out to their community and spread the good news? There, anyone would think of Paul. Just he should just be sitting there, loving the Lord, having a devout prayer life, but just trying to get out. And so then he can start his ministry, mm-hmm. and that makes total sense. And we all would think that, and we all would praise Paul if he did that. But thank goodness that's not what Paul did. Mm-hmm. Paul wrote over half, well, not over half. He wrote so much of the New Testament mm-hmm. from a prison. He took advantage of the opportunity that he had that so many people would look at and say like he's stuck he can't do anything Mm -hmm. and so where we're at right now as a church and individually we are at a place where everyone around us is telling us we don't have any obligation we can Mm -hmm. sit in our rooms and watch netflix and that's okay that's what's expected of us Mm -hmm. and that is 100 percent true for our community and everyone around us but that is not what the bible says and that is not what we should be doing as christians Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. easy and that would be sometimes more enjoyable but that's not what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. We have an obligation to Christ and a responsibility to be sharing his love. And so many amazing opportunities have come out of this where we have open doors to new conversations. We can send links to people that never would come to church that will watch them in their own homes. And these are just tiny examples of the huge ways that we can be living. And if we have a mindset of everyone around us that we're being fearful and we're needing to like protect ourselves and that we don't have any real obligation, that is just false. And we really need to be persistent and intentional and be going out as a church and loving and spreading the good news. And exactly like Greg said, loving the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. All the commandments are in these. And that's exactly straight from Jesus as the most important thing to do. And that doesn't change whether we're in a crisis or whether we're on top of the world. Like that is what we are called to do as Christians and as a church. And I think that is a great way to end our time and our thoughts on all of this. Um, And so I want to thank everyone that's been listening and thank everyone that's been a part of this, all of our guests and everyone that's um, helped us and supported us and our teacher for giving us this assignment. And uh, it was so much fun. I loved all of it. I might go into podcast as a career now because I love it so much. And so thank you guys so much. And we hope you enjoyed it.
Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, visit our website. There's a link in the description or contact us at churchandcovid at gmail.com. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.